Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Danny Colapietro, Danny Cola for short, and uh, thank you for listening. This is episode number 99 with two people that I've been uh, inspired by for a long time now, and that's Francesca Martinez and Eric Leha, the Primal Soldier. I've learned so much from these two when it comes to unconventional fitness, specifically kettlebell movements, kettlebell flows, and animal flow, which is just so fun to do, amazing to see somebody do. And the real thing, the most important thing about these movement patterns, people, besides the fact that they're fun and that you can do them anywhere, anytime, and now you don't have an excuse for yourself, is that these type of movements really balance you up. They bring out your imbalanced areas and they strengthen them up. Honest, honestly, like, and, and when you have strong joints and when you have a strong foundation and your connective tissue is all balanced and strengthened, the way that you perceive, perceive information from the environment is much clearer. And that's what this is about, right? Becoming more parasympathetic while building a strong foundation. We want to think long game here. I think this is a, it's a very interesting approach when it comes to wellness. When you can think about things clear, how can you behave in your reality how can you uh, think about goals and a, a future for you that's a, a better future um, when you're not physically and mentally on point? Well, these movement patterns are going to get you there. And then on top of it, I got to interact with these people at uh, their workshop, the Enter the Flow workshop. Uh, anytime you go to a workshop, you connect with people from the beginning and you establish new relationships, you network, and guess what? opportunities arise from these types of interactions you realize that everyone's there to better themselves and people are coming from a similar place and uh the world just becomes a little bit more vibrant and positive and you get a new perspective which i think is beautiful it kind of gets us out of our same old rut that we're we're used to right triggering the same types of thought patterns this was a fun conversation with fran and um and eric Always a good time. I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. Francesca, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, just I'm really excited to shoot the shit. You guys have been a, an extreme inspiration of mine ever since I met you a year ago at MSP. Just watching you guys grow. You're honestly, you're revolutionizing fitness. Um, there's so many people in Chicago that are constantly talking about kettlebells and relating kettlebell to, to primal soldier and, and body weight and animal flow to Francesca fit. So like, thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, shooting the shit. Oh, for sure. Thanks so much. It's been great, you know, seeing your journey as well, you know, since we met in Chicago. Yeah, thank you. You're moving really well and definitely a good example of what we're trying to teach people. Yeah, you know, working out with unconventional tools for me, man, it's been a game changer. It's just so much so much more fun to kind of get after it on a workout. Like my mindset has changed so much with getting a workout in because it's become my work. Like just having a kettlebell around doing these movements and multiplane, it's just it's just fun. And hey Google. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Did you want to redo that? <laughs> no, I mean, it's okay. It's cool. I was just talking about how like, it's been so fun to kind of just pick up a kettlebell anywhere, honestly. And that's like what I've been, you know, implementing throughout my days and what I'm teaching clients. So like, it's just so fun. And anyway, um, you guys are coming to Chicago. Let's start talking about the workshop. Um, is it, how, how many of them have you done so far? Is this the first one? I mean, what, what's going on? How's that been going? Uh, we've done quite a few. I think we've done probably seven this year already. Nice. We did four last year so this is gonna be like our 12th one maybe yeah we're going like almost a dozen yeah almost a dozen wow that's pretty cool. amazing yeah man we love them they're so much fun they're always different you know we have a certain structure that we like to stick to you know all the fundamentals but depending on the group and uh you know how everybody's vibing we kind of leave it open um at certain points so we can really uh you know, teach people what they came to learn and what they want out of the course. You know, it's usually, you know, we like to stick to that structure, but it's always, we have the freedom to kind of, oh, of course, and explore. of course. And this is, it's called enter the flow, right? This is your, your guys's like tandem one. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Go ahead. Explain that. Said, you know, it's just, we want to always hit the fundamentals and then, you know, if the group's doing great, we always want to touch on the aspect of flow and, you know, feel like, 
you know, they're able to get the whole experience. So they're getting, you know, the technical aspect, they're getting a good foundation, and they're also exploring movement a little bit more once everything has, a, you know, everything's been established. For sure. Now, Francesco, take me a little bit through like your background, how you got into fitness and then how you stumbled upon on it and, you know, started kind of creating your own thing. So my fitness journey just started in college, really. I was always active when I was young. Mm-hmm. And then in college, I hit a point where like just the amount of activity I was doing wasn't balancing out my bad diet. You know, it's mm-hmm. like freshman 15. I was eating all the crappy food you can imagine. And then on top of that, you know, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. So I was like, okay, <laughs> now, now, when you say you were active when you were younger, what, what kind of sports or things did you do, activities did you do? Uh, a little bit of everything, honestly. Like I dabbled a lot in different things. Like I did soccer for a little bit. I did karate for a little bit. And I figured out like, you know, some of those things weren't for me. Um, I was a dancer for most of my life. I even cool. tried out like a little bit of like cheerleading and stuff, but mostly I was in a dancer. And then I do like rollerblading as like my active like quote unquote fitness hobby, you know? Nice. No, rollerblading is the best. I remember when I was a kid, I first started rollerblading. I felt very natural doing it. Obviously I've probably gotten away from it as I've gotten older, you know, for not obviously for sure I have, but uh, <laughs> it's always fun to, you know, move around on, you know, whatever, rollerblades, skateboard, bicycle, bicycle. I'm doing a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, that I had one of those phases too, for sure. I had a cycling phase. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then uh, you go to college. Where'd you go? Where'd you end up going to college? So I went to college at UCF. Okay. And, uh, it was a beautiful campus. Like it's especially a great place to like it's go. Orlando, right? Yeah. And that's right. honestly kind of what sold me was how beautiful the campus was. So it's a great campus to go and skate and go on runs and, you know, cycle. So that definitely kind of, you know, pushed my drive to, like, you know, figure out like the whole realm of fitness. Cause to me, I didn't know anything uh, other than like aerobics or like, you know, condi- uh, like a cardio based yeah, exercise. For sure. So then, uh, yeah, I took an exercise science class just to kind of, you know, dip my toes in. And I was just, I fell in love with fitness and movement and just the whole exercise science behind it. So that's kind of where I just started with fitness. And then I minored in exercise science. And then, yeah, kind of just kept on going. And I I stayed into fitness um, until I got a job at a law firm. And then I hated that job so much. And like fitness was still always like my hobby. And that was the thing that people would always come to me for. Um, so I kind of just had a point where I was just so tired of doing something that didn't make me happy. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to follow my passion. You know, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you said that and started out the podcast saying something like that, because that's been my mantra you know, this last few years, I've been a high school teacher for a little while. And, you know, it's so vanilla in corporate America, especially when it's in education, you know, and, you know, you get sucked down this, this tunnel of, you know, I'm afraid to say this or that, because I don't want to get fired or whatever the case is. And it's so true. I'm glad that you realize that at such a young age, doing something that you're passionate about, and that makes you happy is something to work for rather than just sell your soul, basically, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's exactly what it feels like, especially when, like, the job that I had, like, stats and math has always kind of been my thing. I'm more of a, you know, quantitative type of person. Mm -hmm. So I really loved my job, and I was good at my job because I did billing. But half of the month, like, we were literally just, like, playing with our thumbs, you know, and just doing stuff. So half of the time, it was just literally a waste of time because it's a billing job, you know, so it's, like, cyclical. So I was like, wow, I'm literally sitting here just wasting my life <laughs> just because it's a nine to five. Now, do you feel like afterwards, like you would go to, you know, junk food, alcohol, and then, you know, contemplate this lifestyle? I mean, how quick did you go into the fact that, okay, is this the lifestyle I'm going to live for a long time? Like, how did you start to kind of break that apart? I mean, I'm kind of an extremist. So when I so by the time that I got into the law firm, I was already into fitness for about three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I already kind of like diminished that part of my life. Like I really wasn't drinking much and I wasn't eating much junk food. Like I'll treat myself to junk food here and there. Like right now I'm having like a Funyuns like issue. So I keep treating myself. <laughs> I had skinny pop today. <laughs> yes. Be good at treat yourself in moderation. Skinny yeah, sure. definitely better than Funyuns. But um, yeah, at the time when I was at the law firm, I think what kept me focused on like trying to find something that made me happy 
you know, as my long-term goal, because I gave myself pretty much like 365 days. I was like, all right, we're going to like tough out this job for 365 days. And after that, you got to like figure out your life. Um, But at that point, I was like really relying on like staying, you know, on top of my nutrition and staying on top of my yoga, because that was pretty much the extent of my physical activity at that point. Okay. So now when you said you were into fitness, were you training, doing classes or just like doing yoga yourself? How did that work? Um, so I'd gotten my degree and then I was always in the gym. So by the time I was constantly in the gym throughout college, but then once I got the law firm job, I kind of, I was just like overall just like not happy. Um, so I just wasn't training as much Mm. um, at that point. Yeah. It was like the only point where I wasn't training as much. I was like, no, as far as like training clients, was that a thing that you got into right away or doing like our training group classes or doing Uh, anything like that? As soon as I finished at the law firm, I started just diving into personals. So I started doing personals. And then after that, I got into the gym lifestyle. So then I started doing groups and all of that jazz. Cool. Now, um, are you originally from Texas and then went to school in Orlando and then came back to Texas? How how does that work? I'm from Florida. So I'm from Miami. Oh, you're from Miami. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. And then now you're in, you're in Texas. You're, I mean, how's what, what's going on at Onnit? How, how did you get um, involved at Onnit? How did you get involved with Eric? How, how did that all come about? Um. So let's go back. All right, let's go so- back. Let's dive deep. Eric, you're still there? Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm interested to hear her side of the story. Mm. This is going to be fun. So like, you know, you guys are obviously, you know, a staple. There's so many people that are are combining Francesca and Eric to kettlebell and functional fitness and, you know, these primal movements. It's it's becoming something, you know, super big. And like, obviously, it's inspired a whole ton of people. So to talk a little bit about like how this came about, like I'm very interested in. So let's 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 hear your side, Francesca. So honestly, I was just always really big into movement as a whole since uh-huh. I was always an active person and into dance. So um, when I got into training, I just naturally kind of went more down the, na- the functional training route, um, just based on like my knowledge and what my experience was. Uh-huh. Um, so one of my uncle, he was like, oh, I know the perfect gym you should start training at or you should go and intern there. So it's like, okay, cool. So he told me to go train at this gym who was like an Onnit affiliate gym. So mm-hmm. they use the Onnit system and, you know, that's how they teach their classes and they structure all their stuff. So it's, you know, functional training with unconventional tools. Um, and then I went and I interned there and then I ended up working there. And then flash forward like a year later, um, I was supposed to go to like the kettlebell cert, but I ended up not going. And Eric was teaching that kettlebell cert. And then my uncle again was like, oh, hey, you should come out to the bar with us. So I just went out to the bar casually and then I met Eric. And then flash forward like three months, him and I are like super into each other and he convinced me to move to Texas. So Wow, I nice job, Eric. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I flew over there. She came over a couple times. Uh, I flew her to Austin to come hang out. She came to... Uh, Thanksgiving, met my family, the first time she was in town, so that was kind of crazy, um, but we hit it off, showed her around town, she stayed for like a week, and, you know, <laughs> nice. kind of good food, I convinced her that I like to eat good, and I was like, I want somebody to hang out with who's going to eat with me all the time, she's like, yeah, I would love to, <laughs> I love Austin's food, so cool, yeah, then- yeah, dude, the food, I mean, I keep seeing pictures, and I keep hearing about it, and, uh, yeah, Austin seems like that town that's just super fun to hang out and have a good time, eat, and yeah. just yeah, sounds amazing. Well, she fell in love with Austin, and she ended up saying at the end of the trip she wanted to move over here. I was like, "Well, you can move in with me if you want." And she's like, "Okay, I don't know." <laughs> All right. <laughs> a week later, I'm and like, so "All right, then screw it." I actually, she went back to Miami, and then a month later, I flew her back out, back to Austin to. Um, for like we were having an on it Christmas party. I want her to be my date and also film the on it six body weight program. Yes. They asked me to ask Francesca to be a part of it. And uh, I was gonna be a part of it as well. So that was a cool opportunity for her. And so that's that was when she kind of got her foot in the door with on it. And that was the second time she came to Austin. And after that, she came for New Year's. And uh, those those uh, 
second and third time, she was already bringing stuff over to my house. Nice. Little by little, start to creep yeah, in and make yourself at home. It's like a 60-pound badge full of junk. <laughs> skates and roller skates. Okay. That's I, good, I though. I literally brought three types of skates, so that's how you know I'm committed. I haven't yeah, seen sure. in a while, though, so not that committed. <laughs> What's the weather like now in Austin? Is it super hot? Yeah, it's super hot. Super yeah, hot. I bet. It's good, though. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty hot in Chicago. So on Saturday, you come in here, it's going to be – hopefully, we still have the good weather. I mean, we've been on a streak of, like, amazing weather for the last, like, three weeks. There's nothing like summertime in Chicago, man. I, I know you guys were here last time in the summer, so you experience it. But summertime yeah. shy, that's why they call it that, man. It's really cool. Yeah, it was hot. It was good, though. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, like, how you start – Francesca, specifically. How do you start your day? What's your routine like? Is there anything that you do uh, specifically that gets you going to get you to, quote, unquote, live optimally? Um, I mean, I'm kind of just – Especially in the morning, like my biggest thing is just, you know, getting out of bed and starting a good pace. You know, I don't like to like lunge or like lounge around for too long or anything. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I get up, I kind of just like ready to kind of go a little bit. It just it kind of depends on the day. It's a little bit more of like a day to day type of person. So if it's a day that I know for sure I'm going to go work out at 11 o'clock, I'll wake up, I'll do whatever errands I need to do. Um, I always post first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. That's part of my routine for sure. So I'll post, eat a little something, go train. And uh, that's my favorite way to start the day, honestly. Kind of just get a little bit of productivity out of the way, go train, eat, and then kind of just, you know, keep on working throughout the day. Now, as far as social media, have you developed like a discipline in looking at the phone, like you said, in the morning, but like, how often are you looking back at it? How often are you doing posts? Like, do you have it down to a science? Do you sometimes get lost in scrolling down? Like, how do you manage that? Because there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, and I'm a big kid and, and myself included, I, I sometimes get lost in the whole scrolling down, comparing myself and, and all this other shit. But do you have any ways to like, you know, structure it properly? Like, what do you do? Honestly, I think I'm like, I, I, I'm not like a control freak, but I like to be conscientious about like what I'm doing. So sure. a, couple, my, uh, a couple months ago, maybe about over a year ago now, I went and I did like a social media purge. So I went mm -hmm. and I deleted everything that wasn't valuable to me. So mm -hmm. if it's like something that's like, cause you know, sometimes like, we follow people that, like you said, you know, they give you like this sense of like comparison and it's never, it doesn't always have to be like in a negative way, but like sometimes you'll see somebody that maybe has like some facial enhancements or something, you know, like something that's just like not natural, yeah, or yeah. That you know, is like fake or like exaggerated, you know? Yeah. So, um, or you like, even like back in the day, like people would go on MTV cribs and like rent a house and do like a fake house, you know? So you like never know like what's real on social media. Yeah, so for sure. um, if it's something that I felt like was questionable or like, you know, made me think too much about like its authenticity or stuff like that, I just, you know, I just unfollow. Um, and I'm really big about unfollow. I always joke about my friends that I feel guilty about unfollowing somebody or something like that. Like sometimes I'll even unfollow some of my friends and then I'll deny it and lie about it because <laughs> I feel bad. But uh, <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, I'm guilty. I lie. I'm sorry. No, listen. It's a good. It's good that you, no, it's good that you say that because as you get older, as you grow, I firmly believe you just gotta cut ties with people that don't provide you any value. If it's a different value to your life or it's something that disturbs you or something that you just don't like, like, why is it on your feed? You know, sure. your is like it subconsciously influences you, too. So you got to be aware of that, you know, definitely. So definitely. Most of my feed point. is literally like just food and for the most part, like healthy food, because um, like, I already like bad food. So I want to influence myself <laughs> better. And then um, just fitness, honestly, fitness, friends and like food. I'm very simple when it comes to my social media. Um, and like a, recently I've gotten into nails. So you'll see like a couple of nail accounts and stuff. Like okay. That. Um, but right. for the most part, like I just, I make sure that the content that I'm looking at is stuff that's of value to me. Cause you get bored after watching like 30 minutes of fitness videos, you know? So I keep it so that I'm not going down like loopholes or, you know, or rabbit holes or anything like that. And then I give myself a cutoff, like as soon as, so I try to go heavy on social media during the day. And then by the time it's nighttime, I'm already, I'm already tired of social media. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I always like to look at my screen time and like where I'm putting most of my time. Again, you said be self-aware. You got to make sure that you're constantly aware of the information that you're putting into your brain. And sometimes I'm looking at my phone for like five or six hours a day and you feel it, man. You feel it. Oh, yeah. So, 
and then you're like all hunched over and you're like, why is my bicep mm-hmm. tight and my forearms all messed up? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, Eric, do you have anything on social media that like, as far as like production and uh, keeping everything in like a nice structure so you don't go overboard with it? Um, nah, man, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Yeah. <laughs> We're all trying to figure it out, aren't we? Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I'm trying to stay organized, especially with like large video files and like because i have pretty much everything that i i post up is directly from like stuff that i filmed off the the camera so we upload that to the drive and then it takes like 10 minutes to download and i just use i use iMovie to edit my videos um i've gotten the hang of iMovie but now um how how much of it comes how much um, uh, of your video comes from your cell phone and do you deal with having like uh storage too full and that happens to me all the time and i'm constantly having to redo that yeah i constantly have to clean out my phone i mean i recently got a new phone so it hasn't hit me yet but yeah that was a problem a couple months ago i just kept running out of space on my phone just because the videos are so large some of the videos are like 500 megs to a gig each so i constantly have to monitor uh deleting copies like because when i make a video i end up creating a whole nother copy of the same exact video you know so it can fill up my space pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Besides so let's switch that, gears. No, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but besides that, you know, the space thing, uh, editing has become pretty easy on iMovie. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun, man, actually, you know, playing around with different, learning how to put videos together and trying to make people happy on, on Instagram, see what works, see what doesn't. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely that game, right? Seeing what works, see what doesn't. And a lot of patience goes into editing videos. I'm learning that as I go and just trying to like, you know, check that out and see which ways that I can provide a value in a more creative way or just a more efficient way. I like to use those terms, you know? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so let's switch gears. Um, Animal flow. Anytime anyone says animal flow, I immediately think of Francesca Fit. Every time I'm trying to do these body weight movements, like I visualize my, I visualize you francesca doing these movements and i'm like i gotta move like that right <laughs> i want to try to move as fluid and smooth as that so uh talk to me about how you got i mean obviously you had a yoga background but how did you get into these body weight movements and now how like how has it been affecting your life physically mentally uh all that kind of thing so go ahead and dive into that so i got into the body weight movements well honestly my body weight, I think the biggest like awakening to body weight training that I had was once um, I did Tough Mudder. I think it was like in 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave us like this super thorough workout. Um, and we had to go, it was probably like, I don't know, maybe like four or five different workouts. And you repeated it four, five, like four times for, you know, a whole month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the workouts, they were great. They were mostly body weight workouts. Uh, I'm sure they had like, you know, some pooling work and, you know, some hanging work and stuff like that. Um, but most of it was body weight. And that's kind of like what opened my mind to the possibilities. They had us like doing squats on like medicine balls and stuff. So it was, you know, I was doing a whole bunch of different stuff that I wasn't necessarily used to and just different types of jump variations. Um, so after that, I just started incorporating more body weight stuff into my training. So then when I started working at my first gym and I was introduced to animal flow, like I just fell in love. I was like, cool, you know, I'm familiar with like plyometrics and, you know, just general body weight training. And then I had like my, my dance background and I'd also dabbled in break dancing for a little bit. So cool. kind of just like all these different aspects that I liked kind of just met together. Um, so then after that, I kind of just was, you know, I was sucked in. I just went. Who introduced it to you? Um, so we just taught it at the gym. So all the trainers knew Animal Flow, and they were all Animal Flow certified. Oh, really? So, yeah. So all what, of- year, what year was this? Like, I mean, I've been in the fitness industry for, since 2007, and, like, I've been around just a whole bunch of, like, conventional, you know, bicep, tricep, chest day kind of guys. And, like, I totally just kind of – I missed the bus on on all this stuff. I started learning about these unconventional tools – I would say 2017. So like, like where, like, was it ha- like hot in Miami to do this kind of thing? Like how did, how did that come about? So it was in 2016 and I think it was just, it was just, it's a niche gym that I went and I was working mm. at um, since they were functional training, unconventional training gym. Um, and the guy that owned a gym, he was actually friends with Mike Fitch, who was the creator of Animal Flow. 
So oh, okay. All so, right. Well, that there we go. There we dive deep. Now, what's the name of the person who created it? Uh, Mike Fitch. Mike Fitch. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like find that person now and like dig deep into that because like a, a spread in the last men's health too if you want to check that out it's really dope yeah cool i'll definitely check it out mm-hmm. um but yeah like it's just it, it's made such a huge difference in the way i move my body like i see the biggest transition in uh obviously just my moving around day to day and teaching classes and clients and whatever the heck i'm doing coaching or whatever but also like when i when i'm playing sports so i, I kick field goals and a competitive flag football i know it sounds kind of funny but I kick in flag football and then I play uh, rec league soccer. And I've noticed the most difference when I'm playing sports, the, the, the agility, the, the being able to kind of just recover quickly from something that happens, um, just moving faster, being more aware of my surroundings, all that kind of thing. And I just think it's something that people should, people should get into, you know, challenge their movement patterns. I think it's just super important. And you guys do a great, great job at it. Eric, what, what are your thoughts on, on body weight and how often are you incorporating it in your day? I know I've seen a lot of it, but yeah, I incorporate, I mean, body weight moves into all, all of my workouts, you know, I mean, some days I'll do just all body weight. Um, but every, every workout I do has some, do you find that, uh, days when you're too sore from something a little bit more conventional or a little bit heavier, like those, uh, those body weight movements or body weight exercises for like a whole day, help you recover faster. Do you feel oh, better? Yeah, doing active recovery you know help me keep moving help me kind of you know if i had like a heavy leg day doing some hip based body weight movements and stuff for the ankles and uh you know mobilizing and you know getting a solid pump without overloading the joints and the muscles helps me recover strong and really you know help me stay active while uh, not beating myself up anymore, you know, so great way to keep going, keep get, uh, getting results, you know, moving forward without hurting myself anymore, overstressing my body. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's a mantra that I've been kind of talking about a lot lately with my clients and especially like high school kids, like younger kids getting into the, the, the industry. It's like everyone wants to objectify everything and how much weight can you do and, and how much you bench on, how much you bench, bro, how much you squat. Like this yeah. is the, this is the mindset that younger, younger people are, are kind of getting into. And I, you know, as somebody who is in the industry, I want to try to put, plant the seed out there that, it shouldn't always be about that because then that gets us to comparing ourselves to other people and can put us in like this mental funk. But long game is the key, right? Getting stronger as you get older, learning yeah. to recover faster. And I really feel strongly that what you guys are doing is, is, you know, teaching people that I think it's very important. Yeah. I think, you know, there's validity to lifting heavy weights and, you know, running a mile really fast, but 100%. The- for me, the you know the key is how often are you able to do that. How good are you feeling while you're doing it? You know, it's like if you're squatting, you know, two hundred or three hundred pounds. Like, how often can you really do that? And like, right. can you do it with good form? And can you do it even feeling good? You know, you want to execute every rep with the best form so you can feel the best and you know actually gain good results with quality movement. And it means not burning yourself out and being strategic on the load that you use the volume that you perform yeah for sure for sure work that you do so that you can you know because all all that you know the training that we do is it's uh it's all we're stressing our bodies you know we're adding stress to to our bodies so that we can go back and recover and hopefully come back stronger Mm -hmm. you know develop these positive adaptations from our training from the stress that we put it under. But sometimes, you know, if you overdo it, train really hard, we're gonna, we develop some, uh, some negative adaptations. So it's our, it's also our responsibility to make sure we're doing proper recovery and paying attention to the, the negative stuff that we're building to try to combat that with proper or more recovery, more mobility training so that we don't end up getting hurt. Yeah. 100% dude. It's about just feeling good. I'm all about feeling good. And I really don't care like what my numbers are on bench. And like you said, there's validity to that, but it's not everything. And being aware of your body, super, super important. And you guys are doing a great job of teaching people that. Um, let's switch this over. Francesca, what are, who are some of your um, like influencers or influences? Who, who do you go to for information? What, what kind of, you know, what kind of 
people do you uh, go to for that kind of thing? Um, or podcasts you listen to or books that you've read or anything that kind of gets you excited about learning new information and doing the work that you do. So I like, you know, like anything, continuing education is huge. So I love going to the Onnit certs and we have, you know, our fitness directors at Onnit. So there's John Wolf and there's Shane Hines. And then you got the animal flow side where we have um, my master instructor was uh, Kathy Donato. So I go mm-hmm. to Kathy Donato for animal flow stuff. And then you have Mike Fitch, um, who's the creator that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And then I have some of my friends that are really great into fitness too. So there's uh, Venus Tufab. So she's into functional training and uh, animal flow and all just overall movement. And um, she has a friend too named Doc Jen. So Doc Jen's cool. And she has a great Instagram about like physical therapy and just uh, functional movement as well. So, nice. You're going to have to give me the links to all their Instagram so we can put them in the show notes. And then I have Eric Leha here, who's my go-to coach. So I'm always sure. like, coach, is one shoulder light higher than the other? Is my form right? Does this look weird? Uh, <laughs> and he thinks I'm super annoying. I asked him, I was like, would <laughs> you... I was like, would you do one-on-ones with me? He's like, nah, you're so annoying. You have so many, you have so many questions. <laughs> I need to no, it's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, well, who better than Primal Soldier to kind of lead you through all that? I mean, if he was crazy. Your, if he was your coach, wouldn't you try to like milk every little bit of observation and knowledge? 100%. 100% man that you know that's why I'm coming to see you guys on Saturday so you know I could be that much better of an influencer that much better of a trainer teacher mentor you know I'm I'm a firm believer in collaborating with people especially people that have really good intention that are coming from the heart I mean you said it in the beginning of the podcast Francesca like you're doing things that you want to do so that you can live a happy lifestyle a loving lifestyle and I think that's super important I think the more times we can collaborate with people like that that kind of just propels things even further. And then I feel like more people will get that vibe and it'll influence and inspire them to go, go along a path that fires them up. And that's, that's the main thing here, right? Get, it's like that yeah, you get excited life. about living. Mm-hmm. And especially when you just start to feel better, you know, like not everybody's going to go down the path of being like, you know, a fitness influencer or quote unquote, like, you know, fitness coach or trainer, right. any of that. But just the fact that you're able to like, whatever it be, whether you want to go into the strength and conditioning, whether you want to do more animal flow, whether you just want to go do strict mobility work, like whatever way you want to move your body, it's going to make you feel better. So I think once people realize that it's not about like you and Eric were talking about, you know, how much you bench or your reps or how much weight you do, like mm-hmm. if you actually just move well and like reap the reward of feeling well, that in itself is amazing. Uh, and I think overall, like as like a society, like a global society, that's what people are missing because um, we're relying 100%. on other factors to make us happy when in reality, like it's about being present and being grateful for what you have and striving for what you want, you know? 100%. Well said. And that being said, let's, uh, let's transition into consciousness and mindset and meditation. And a lot of times psychedelics gets thrown into all that. Um, you know, yeah. Eric, you and I talked a little bit about your DMT experiences prior uh, or back in the last podcast that we did. So yeah. let, I mean, being around on it, listening to Aubrey Marcus and, and Kyle Kingsbury, like those guys are constantly like talking about their experiences and how it's impacted them. And it's been an influence on the way I think. Um, so let's, you know, take, a, I just kind of want to see from your perspective, Francesca, like what are your thoughts on consciousness and all that influence and how has that influenced you thus far? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm a very opinionated person sometimes. Uh, well, you're on a podcast to explain your opinion. Let's do I'm it. I'm going to tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I come from a very spiritual family. Uh-huh. Uh, so I feel like my introduction to just spirituality that's not religious per se mm-hmm. um, started off really young. Um, and like I'm somebody that went to Catholic school and I was like, the like the <laughs> like that kid from like movies like when you have a kid in Catholic school and they're like the rebellious one who like rolls down their socks and like rolls their skirts up like that was totally me unfortunately um, but I was just like not into dogmatic religion ever in my life um, so for me spirituality was always a thing about like self exploration and exploration of you know like each other 
right? Um, on like a deeper like consciousness, mind, like a just on a deeper level. So yeah, for, sure. um, for me, like spirituality was always something sacred that you didn't need some, like you didn't need an external factor to help you get to that. Um, so from my perspective, like I just think the whole relation, like, like, yes, yeah, spirituality and psychedelics, like they can completely be one and they can completely exacerbate your spiritual experiences or like help you get there faster. But like, I feel like the association between spirituality and psychedelics is just like, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's just something that people like psychedelics. And if you have a spiritual experience, it's great. But I don't think you need psychedelics to have a spiritual experience ever. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. I uh, I don't think you need them. And I don't think they're for everybody. Just so just yeah, so to be clear I, here. Um, and there are so many people that write about these transcendent experience just through meditation, just through, you know, Kundalini yoga or, or what have you, or just really intense, like breathing exercises, you know? So like, yeah, you don't need it. But down to is just, you know, being in a state of mind where you're able to reflect. Yeah, and being open to that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very so interesting. Sit there through powerful psychedelics that make you trip out and make you fucking like kind of die in your mind, have like a spiritual death where then you come back and you appreciate, you know, this existence because you almost lost it all. And like my perspective. Or it felt like it, you know, so like my yeah, no, keep going. This is juicy. I like it. Let's keep going. This is fun for me. When I was in college, I did the whole like I'm the new explorer and do like every type of drug that my like my mom, if she knew she would die. Um <laughs> super hard stuff. So um like I remember I had like my own phase where I was like making DMT and doing a lot of DMT. Um and then like for me, those weren't spiritual experiences at all. They were just really freaking hard trips. Um mm. but to me they weren't spiritual. But not saying that DMT, DMT can be spiritual. It for sure can be. But I feel like it was just like a psychedelic induced trip that I could bring whatever significance I want to it. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. significance is subjective, you know? And, for sure. so, and I think when you have a true spiritual experience, yes, it still is an exact, a subjective experience, but it's not something that's influenced by a third party. You know, like it's, it's coming from yourself. It's coming, yes. It is you. You are the spiritual experience. You know what yeah. I mean? You're experiencing yeah. yourself. Um, no, so I agree with you. And I, 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 you know, I play with that a lot. And then I wonder, you know, through experiences, I'm like, are these just manifestations of my own subconscious or is it coming from another portal? I like to call it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, I agree. It, it's just a manifestation of you basically. Yeah. Like you are the universe. You are everything. Like we're here to experience ourselves, and you are experiencing the universe, you know, like, I don't know. I can go on forever, but no, you're, 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 you're onto something because I, I hear Paul check all the time. Talk about, uh, saying that he says that consciousness is just God recognizing itself through yeah. it through itself basically and uh like you said it we're all one it's the universe consciousness you or yeah. everything uh, and- trip that was super powerful it was actually the first time i ever smoked my own dmt so <laughs> I made it yeah, first- talk about that yeah so i made dmt because i was i liked i really liked it but buying it was getting really expensive i was like man i bet i can make this myself so i looked it up on google learned how to make it or the bark and then I uh, got all the shit from fucking Walmart and Home Depot. <laughs> yes. I cooked it in my mom's kitchen. She's like, what are you doing? I, oh, uh, Protein bars. <laughs> no, nah, I told her what I was doing. She's like, okay, just be careful. <laughs> all right, cool. Don't worry. I'm not going to blow up the house. And then, so I made DMT and then I smoked it for the first time, my own stuff. Bro, I passed out. And I was like in this like really dark room. You know, like remember in X-Men, uh, the machine that Professor X uses, what's it called? Yeah, I, I would have no idea. I know the machine, the machine where you go in and you see everything. So like you walk into this room and like everyone's thoughts and what they're saying is yes. being projected. Yeah, so throughout he, a huge dome. He puts on because you know how Professor X can like read people's minds. So when he puts on uh-huh. it in this room, this like globe shaped room, he sees like everybody's thoughts and stuff. So that's kind of what it felt like. I walked into this dark room and I walk up to this control panel that's like glowing in neon colors, like blue. And I press a button. Next thing you know, this sphere, this earth pops up like a hologram in the middle of the room. And then I can all of a sudden millions of like different screens pop up in a circle around the sphere. And then it just every every image, every screen had a different image on it. And it represented uh, like billions of people that, 
you know, that are conscious in the world. And I was able to kind of filter through and see everybody's perspective of what was going on in their life and the world at the time. Wow. That is super, that is super trippy. That's amazing story. Dude, that's really ballsy of you. Jesus. So what that made me feel like was like, man, like, you know, we're all, cause I felt like I was like the center of, at the center of everything. And I can see everything that was going on. I'm like, man, is this what it feels like to be like God or like the universe? <laughs> kind of just like the universe is uh, experiencing itself through, you know, everybody, you know, everybody is an individual experiencing something different to have something different to offer. You know, everybody's living a different life. And yet it's all the, it's all the same thing though. Yeah, it all comes from the same thing and, but it's all valuable just because, you know, we're all providing different information, different. Dude, that's, that's so wild to me. So how do you, how do you like recover from something like that? Like how, explain to me your mindset after that type of. I was like, Darren, this is dope. (laughs) (laughs) Started smoking it every day for like a year or two years. That's crazy, man. Work out on DMD. (laughs) Now, obviously it's a 15 minute thing, but like what, what were some of the key things that you were able to bring back from those experiences? Was there something that you kind of built upon? Like, does it have anything to do with how you built your brand or how you've developed as a human? Uh, yeah, I just kind of stopped being scared of trivial things, people, other people's opinions about me and, uh, stop being as negative as I was judgmental of other people and you know how people are like, like, you know, there's like dumb people and like <laughs> dumb people, yeah. yeah, and just like ignorant people and racists and all kinds yeah. of, you know, it's like, man, everybody, yeah. you know, just they're, they, they're different, you know, they're a different perspective of the universe. They're, they're living their own life and I can't judge them for the circumstances that they've been through. You know, they offer something different. They offer perspective, you know, they give me perspective yeah. on how not to be how I want to be different or how I can be better and how we can all, you know, we're all sharing this experience. And, you know, if you don't have polar opposites or different opinions, then everything, you know, if everybody was just the same, it would be really boring. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. Totally agree with you. Now, Francesca, talk a little bit about if you're okay with you. I mean, no specific DMT experience brought you any sort of like lesson or any way of like impacting the way you shifted perspective? Um, I, yeah, I had one really impactful one that will like always stick out to me. I'll be like on my deathbed remembering this one. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had this one experience where and, like, I was completely by myself. So I smoked the DMT by myself. And then it's just started off by being like a really intense, like just visual and like colorful and, you know, like, um, set like, a I can feel it like a physical, like manifestation of the, um, like, whatever I can feel it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, feel it's it, a I tangible thing. Now. It. Exactly. It's like a tangible thing. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. So after that, I like fell really deep into this trip. It's kind of like, I just went into like a possibility of what my future would be like if I kept going down the path that I was. Um, cause I was always like a really great student. Um, but I would just like to party hard and I like to do drugs. Um, so by the time I was in college, it just got like worse. So, um, I remember I was in this trip and I just like, it's literally like, have you seen Donnie Darko? I have not seen Donnie Darko, oh but God, I really did cool. start movie list. So in Donnie Darko, there's like this weird, like, it's so hard to explain it, but it's like this portal that goes through time or whatever. Right. Like it's like, literal a literal portal going through space so i like went through this portal and all of a sudden i'm sitting like i just dropped into a couch in a therapist's office and when i say it was like the most real experience ever like i was in the therapist's office i can tell you exactly what it looked like i can draw it for you wow Um, and i was sitting there and like i could literally feel the couch that i was sitting in um, and I'm sitting there with this therapist and then it's my mom, my brother, my grandma, and like my dad and, uh, and my aunt. So those are the closest people to me. And they're all like, they're, <laughs> it's like a movie. They're like, Francesca, you ruined your life. You know, we did everything for you to, you know, excel and be a good student. And we wanted to send you to a good school. And, you know, we sacrificed so much for you so you can have a good future. And here you are like a fucking loser drug addict, you know, like 
we would have never known that you're going to be a fucking loser, you know? So um, I had that trip and I like pulled myself out of it. I just like <gasps> sat up in the bed and, I, and it was for sure. I think it was one of those things where I literally pulled myself out of the trip and I just like stopped it. You know, when people are like, oh, I sobered myself up. Yeah, I sobered mm-hmm. myself up completely. Um, and then after holy that, shit, that's even more wild than Eric's story. Yeah, and then after that, um, <laughs> my experience with drugs like started to slowly change. So yeah, interesting. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now that see, like that right there to me is like something that is eye opening, and then that makes me think about like alternate realities right now. Like, what part of that was an alternate universe happening? You know what I'm saying? It really felt like I went into like possible future like traveled like i actually traveled to what it would be like it felt insane dude that really fucks me up i just read this book called dark matter and uh it that it talks exactly about that like there's a a quantum state where there's a an infinite number of doors that you can kind of go through and you can interchange your life and then the whole idea is to like have the intention behind the door that you want to open and then boom your life is supposed to be like what you intend for it to be which is like like my whole life like whenever i tune into like my spirituality i feel like i'm able to like see these doors yeah, for sure. And that, and that's like what makes it like a real thing. You know, like we yeah. have the ability to do that exact thing. I, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Eric Weinstein two days ago or yesterday. Maybe it was I listened to it and uh, he was talking about how like we see this pop up all the time. Like the line, the witch in the wardrobe, you go through a wardrobe, you go to a magical land. Harry Potter platform nine and three quotas you go through that shit and you're in this you're in this magical land like we see that story keep playing out and keep playing out keep playing out I really think that is just an anthropomorphication of how we can view this reality get ourselves to transcendent states by reducing inflammation by breathing exercises by eating the proper foods that keep you strong proper rest proper vocation or like a fulfilling vocation and you can constantly manifest the reality you want i really feel strongly about that absolutely it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs you know like once you have like all the basics met you're able Mm -hmm. to reach this level where you can just choose your path and choose it reach self-actualization for sure Mm -hmm. dude that's so wild that's a great story and i'm so glad that you shared it with me holy Uh, cow yeah i never thought i'd be on a podcast (laughs) sharing it but i think the fact that i know you in real life you kind of sucked it out of me you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm just talking to you on the phone (laughs) <laughs> well, th- th- I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you shared it because, you know, these are the, some of the things that I ponder on a regular basis. And I want to use my podcast to talk about these things because, you know, they're taboo. But sometimes like they're good stories for people to hear and, Absolutely. you know, and, and change their perspective on, you know, what is bad and what is good and, you know, what we're told and how to be a critical thinker and think for yourself and figure your own shit out. I think it's a great Absolutely. story. Like if my mom heard this story, I think she'd be proud, you know, in the end. <laughs> well, at the, yeah, of course, at the end of the day, what you guys are, what you guys are doing is impacting people at scale. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing to kind of see from a distance and you know, like you, you guys just motivate, motivate someone like me to do it on my end and do it to my scale and figure out a way that I can do exactly that. So, you know, what you guys are doing is a great thing and that has ripples like Jordan Peterson talks about. It's like the behaviors that you have, have these ripple effects and it, it spreads like wildfire. Okay. Here's a crazy, here's a crazy thing. You guys ready for this one? Ready. Okay, so um, the internet, connective tissue, mycelium, so like mushrooms under the ground, mm-hmm. um, connective tissue, mycelium, the internet, neural networks in the brain, and then dark matter somehow ties in with all this. I just feel like those things are, are something that connects people and makes, makes sure if present, if uh, I guess it's hard to explain, but when present deliver the proper things it needs to deliver on a big scale to make sure everything is working at a functional level. Does that, does that make sense? I feel like, you know, like the internet, neural networks, connective tissue, they all have these things in common where they're sending these messages so that every, every place or everyone can kind of get the information they need to be the best version of themselves. Absolutely. It's like trying to, uh, you know, holistically, reach that level of optimization you know like not one part of it's gonna excel but the whole thing together yeah for sure Mm -hmm. so um 
before we close out, I do want to share with you one of these uh, one of these thoughts I had. So I was doing. I'm, I'm sure you guys heard of Viking Ninja and what Isik Milan is doing. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm such a huge fan, and I've learned so much from Isik with the Steel Mace. And so I'm doing the the white belt certification, and it was it was pretty extensive. It was a 30 minute test, and it was bear squats for 100 reps. Then right after that, it was uh, uh, hand switch mace squats for 200 reps. Then it was then it was 100 straight push ups. After the 100 straight push ups, it was uh, 50 battle lunge with an uppercut each side. Uh, and then if you finished within the 30 minutes, the rest of the time you had to do three sixties until the time was up. Right. So the whole idea is to let go and then just, just push, you know, push yourself through obviously, right. Not, not to think so much and just kind of do your thing. So I get to the end and I have like four minutes left to do three sixties. So I'm already tired. My chest is screaming. My shoulders are screaming. My legs are hurting. I'm doing, I'm doing these three (laughs) sixties. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What'd you say? I said, it would have taken me 30 minutes to do 100 bear squats. So, <laughs> the, I'm, so hard. I'm not going to lie to you. The bear squats was the thing that I was most scared of. I was like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to to keep this going for 100 straight. My quads were on throw on fuego, man. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and then like they, you have to you know force your high heels and then get back down in that sprawl yeah. position. It's just – it was definitely not not the easiest thing. But anyway, your form cannot be bad if you six in the room. So, oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> and that was, that was something that was on my mind the whole time. I'm, I'm like, he's gonna, he's gonna fucking crack me on my form. I know he is, you know, but it's good because it puts you, it puts you in check, and mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it was great. Anyway, I, I'm doing the 360s, and then I start thinking about the pendulum swinging, you know, uh, as it's going through. I'm going both directions, just kind of like changing it up, kind of doing what I feel, and I'm thinking about the mace swinging at the zero zero point, mm-hmm. right? The zero zero point on a pendulum means that for a split second, that mace is everywhere and nowhere at the same time, right? It's like infinity, right? Because if uh, something is swinging through that zero zero point, it's by definition everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And if that's what infinity is, if that's what the universe is, I have this question on how does swinging a mace in that circular pattern constantly passing through infinity that's connected to us physically in this material realm in our hands connect us to a greater thing. Is that something that, you know, has an impact on us directly to the, to the cosmos or something beyond this realm? I'm not sure, but that was the, the, the thought I had. I wanted to share that with you. Sounds like uh, you were gripping during your workout. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. I totally was. I, I just got to the point where I, I was just like, I'm not thinking anymore about how hard this is, but I just kind of want to let the thoughts hit my head like they normally would. And that was the, these were the thoughts that were coming to my brain. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that. I think you totally hit it with that because uh, I think the beauty in the 360 and when someone has nailed it and you see that like craft and that like, yes skillfulness come through it's to me it's like learning how to synchronize your breath to learning how to control and relax so it's it's breath it's control relaxation it's that sensation of flow because like people are like oh 360s aren't flowing because you're it's not like sophisticated or it's or you know (laughs) it's not a string of like a thousand movements and to a lot of people that's not necessarily flow you know flow is more so about achieving the flow state Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's what it is. It's like going to that flow state and just being one. Like, yeah, it's like you, getting in the zone yeah. and feeling smooth and feeling like you're unstoppable and you don't want to stop. And, and like when things that go together. thoughts, you know, where you think about other shit besides how hard, how hard it is, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, Eric, have you uh, crossed paths with Faraz Zahabi at all? No. You, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Faraz Zahabi is a MMA trainer. He was on Rogan's podcast uh, one time, the MMA show, and I was listening to him. And this dude is like full of wisdom. He's a younger guy, but he's like super full of wisdom. So he was talking about flow state and he brought up to the attention to Joe of the flow state chart. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the flow state chart. Mm -mm. This also, I think, ties back into my 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 thesis on the mace and connecting to infinity but uh and bringing back to flow state obviously but the flow state chart think of um 
like a graph, you know, a 90 degree graph, a right angle. Uh, and on the access point, it's challenge. And at the X access point at the bottom access, it's skills. Uh, and flow state is where the hero's journey or your challenge meets your skills. And it, it's to a point where it's not too hard for you because if it's too hard for you, that's when you get too anxious and you yeah. get too like uptight. And that's where disease could ultimately manifest. And if it's too easy for you and you're bored, that's where you can start making excuses for why you're not where you are. And that, and that can start being something negative. So flow state is like right in the middle, right where your journey meets your skills and you're challenging yourself just enough. And I really feel the more you can tap into flow, the oh, more yeah. you tap into that environmental information that's going to give you optimization, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the way you, you said that. I might use that. Yeah, I hope that you do yeah. use that. I, I, so what, so uh, other than you wanting to use it, what what are your other thoughts on that? Like what can you no, uh, bring to the table I, given I, your journey I, thus far? I definitely, when I'm in that flow state, I I don't make things too fancy to where I start fucking up or hurting myself and – you know, becoming anxious or angry that I'm not nailing a certain move that I shouldn't even be doing, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at, um, but I'm pushing the limit with the stuff that I'm already really good at. And that'll lead me into, because I'm in that, that state of mind, that flow state, I'm able to push the limit there and get better at what I'm really good at, solidify the foundation. And then from there, I can be creative and hopefully find new things that I'm good at as I'm refining what I'm uh, what I already excel at and I don't get bored like you said yeah I do things that are too simple you know so yes by for sure by using the foundational movements and adding intensity either with more weight or more reps or more power or switching an angle or adding you know another move here and there combining different sequences will lead me to come up with some other stuff that I really like that'll help me push 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 the boundaries Cool, man. Awesome. I love, I love that analogy. Like just bringing it to, to a workout. I also feel strongly that, uh, you know, people, they look at their life as this linear path. And I feel like hopefully, you know, with, you know, with influences like influencers like you and, and, and Francesca and, 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 you know, other people out there to inspire people to, to do what they love, to challenge themselves enough you know, become balanced, have a holistic approach, learn to listen to their bodies, learn to listen to what the environment's telling them. And I just feel like when you do that and you get into your, 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 your flow state patterns, like you, you really can't be on a wrong path. It's constant learning. It's constant growth. And I feel like you'll attract what you're supposed to when you're in those states. I really feel strongly about that. Yes. Thousand percent. So you guys to close out, um, what are you guys uh, number one excited about when coming to Chicago in a couple days? Oh, uh, I heard Al Cheval has really good burgers. <laughs> Al Cheval. So you guys are going to get some burgers at Al Cheval. Okay. Good. Are they good? Have you been there? I've never been to Al Cheval, but you know what, man? There's so much good food out here. I don't know that if you can, I don't know that you can go wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that you can go wrong. I'll, I'll do my best to like, um, like throw you guys in the in the right direction for food or a, yeah. a, a club or a bar or anything that you guys want to do. Um, I got some friends that are connected in the city so I can, you know, help you yeah. out there. Um, but uh, dude, I'm really excited to see you guys. Uh, well, hopefully we can, we can make something work on Friday. Do you guys have a, a plan for Friday? Uh, not yet. We want to hit up a, maybe a couple gyms or at least one. Uh, there's this guy that get fit with Giddy. You know who that is? I don't know who that is. It's a real name. I always know people by their Instagram handles. <laughs> is there uh, is there a gym that you guys are going to go to to shoot uh, out? Or he's, he's got a couple in mind, but he didn't specifically say. Okay. Uh, if Monday. if at any point you guys do need a gym, you guys can come to my gym. It's going to be empty at the time. You guys want to do it in the evening, right? Yeah. It's like twenty minutes. It's like twenty minutes outside the downtown area, and I have a lot of space and pretty good lighting. So if if you guys want to use my gym, I have maces and kettlebells, um, whatever you guys need, uh, we'd have a, a, a open space for as as long as you would need. So that's an option too, not to be too forward, but that there's you know I have that connection. I'll, I'll talk to to get you on two things. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. 
Um, but if anything else, I will see you guys for sure on Saturday, and I'm really excited to uh, I'm really excited to just interact and learn as much as I can from you guys. And uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Um, before you guys leave, tell everybody where they can find you. Go ahead. You can find me at ericlayhide.com or uh, Primal Soldier on Instagram. Somebody came up to me the other day and told me their girlfriend was uh, – watching my videos online and then the way they they said my name was primal swole da so g check him out eric leha primal swole da.com you're french now it's such a neat name is he like french yeah hey man it's a it's a new it's a new ego that you can kind of blossom into <laughs> and then you can find me at uh on instagram it's at francesca fit so it's f-r-e-n-c-h-e-s-k-a and my website's francesca same spelling martinez.com so it's f-r-e-n-c-h-e-s-k-a beautiful guys thank you so much for your time this was such a fun conversation thank you for sharing your experiences uh it was good it was great i appreciate it thank you so much it was awesome all right, guys. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. Hell yeah. See you Saturday, brother. Woo-hoo. See you Saturday. Appreciate it. And that was the podcast. Eric Leha, Francesca Fit. Make sure to follow them on Instagram if you are not already following them. Eric Leha is at primal, primal.swolger. And uh, Francesca Martinez is at Francesca Fit. The information will be in the show notes. And uh, I went to the Enter the Flow workshop here in Chicago and it was awesome. Again, super electrifying when you connect with people from the beginning of the day towards the end of the day. The amount of information you take in is great. It's digestible. They're great teachers and um, you learn a lot about kettlebell form and grips and terminology and all this information is just extremely useful when it comes to furthering your knowledge with these unconventional methods not to mention the benefit you'll get physically, mentally, and all that. Now, in the podcast, we got a little deep, and we went uh, psychedelic realm. I, I find that super interesting, and I wonder how much of that ties in with other dimensions, states of reality, how we can connect that with our wellness. I just, I'm, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I'm fascinated about that, as you can tell. If you enjoyed the podcast today, Check out my Instagram, Danny Cola Fitness. Let's connect there. It's always fun to connect with uh, listeners. And check out my website, dannycola.com. And let's just connect. If you like what you heard, share, like, rate the podcast. And that was it. All the love, everybody. Bye-bye.